The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys join us here on Tuesday morning, and again, uh, just. Um, want to encourage you, if you tune in on Tuesdays, to catch Victor uh, Portier. Uh, he is still taking care of his wife. She's not feeling very well, and he sounds just very exhausted. So keep them in your prayers. I'm sure they would appreciate that. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show that you're listening to, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can scroll right down there on the right, and it should be up. And uh, you can just enlarge that. If you want to see the face that's made for radio, you can do that. Uh, you can also check out the live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim, FPPTim. That's tied to our Periscope account as well. Our Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL, Bradley Dean SOL, Bradley with two E's. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. You can also see us at BeforeIt'sNews.com. Our friend Michael Roach gives us a spot there every weekday morning at 6 a.m. and at 8 a.m. on Saturday for a health and wellness show with uh, Nurse Kate Shimarani. And then at 3 p.m. on every weekday and Saturday, you can catch Bradley there on BeforeIt'sNews.com as well. And then finally on DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty, The Sons of Liberty on DLive.TV, and we've got a few friends over there as well. Um, you can also catch us on Spreely, Gab, Me, We, Minds, and USA.Life at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. And that is all the formalities out of the way, and we're all done with that. And good morning to everyone listening, uh, whether it's by... Red State Talk Radio, maybe you're some of the guys in the chat room. We've got Jumping, Joni Johnson, <laughs> Norman Bretz, uh, Jeff, Don, Brian, Joy. Um, several people jumped in this morning. The nurse. I, I, I don't know exactly who you are, but the nurse over there at Periscope, thank you for joining us. Uh, another Don in there, Piera, Monica, several people, and then uh, some others who are watching by way of my personal Facebook, Troy and Ann and Lindsay and Mark and Allison and Junaid and Adam and Carrie and Maureen and Jackie and Georgia <laughs> and Allison, all you people. Thanks that I, I, on, on my, on my Facebook page yesterday, um, I guess, uh, Kate mentioned something or whatever. And I got a bazillion friend requests. And, um, so I'm very thankful for you guys. Uh, but boy, that just, 
took up my day. And for those of you who who get some things, sometimes from um, people, even they seem like good people. Okay, uh, they're taking care of orphans and all this stuff. But you you get those requests, and then they want to chit chat with you while you're trying to get your work done and uh, and things. And you try to explain, or you get some of those immediately right out of the gate. Hi, would you give us money? Ah. <laughs> It drives me crazy because, uh, you know, I want, I've often addressed people with that, and I'm going to get to our subject matter in a moment, but I've often addressed people who do that, especially when they, they're a Christian uh, or they claim to be a Christian. I say, you know, have you read the book of Acts? You know, the, the people in Jerusalem and the people in Asia, uh, the people, they didn't know each other. The, the go-between they had was the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, that says, you know, that that infamous or that famous passage not infamous the famous passage where he talks about putting something aside the first day of the week and some people will say well that's when they were you know doing this that and the other and it's not really what he's getting at but put it aside for those who are in need your brothers and he's talking about and then somebody decides they want to try to call me they're going to get defriended um this is one of those people um <laughs> uh so anyway you get that kind of thing going on, and Paul is the go-between. He's the one who knows both, and he knows the need is genuine, and he comes to the believers over in Asia, and he says, hey, you got some brothers you need to take care of. So that's what that's about. So I just tell people, look, if you friend me, don't come at me the first thing asking me for money because I'm the last person you need to be asking anyway because I got my own zip code to take care of here uh, in South Carolina, which, by the way, I'm going to give you a couple of little updates, and then we're going to get to the topic today, okay? So the first thing I want you to to, to know is um, I, I just got word here in South Carolina. Uh, Governor McMaster is extending his state of emergency, which he has no authority to be engaging in in the first place, all right? And he's going to get the people uprising against him, too. You watch and, you watch and see. You can't continue to put a people down and not allow them to work and not, not allow them the liberty to risk if they're really risking their lives, which I don't think they are. I th- I think there's something else more sinister that's going on, and um, you're, you're, you haven't seen the worst of it yet. Okay, I'm already getting reports out of the U.K. Just as they promised, children would be getting sick. You get that? I got this information last night firsthand over there. Children will be getting sick. They they predicted it. How could they predict it? Because they knew it was coming. How do they know it's coming? Because it's planned. This whole thing is planned. It was not something that got out of a lab. It's not come from a bat. This is a planned issue. Again, I encourage you, go to sonslibertymedia.com, put in the search engine, radio frequencies. Read what... The guy in Ghana wrote about the correlation between introduction of things in the radio frequency and the airwaves in history, which would only be 100 years or so. Spanish flu, I think, was the first one. And how that related in time with these symptoms, these flu symptoms. They weren't things that you could pass along. They were things that you got as a result of bad terrain like we talked about with Bill yesterday, your body's immune system not being strong enough to handle whatever's going on, and you get sick. And they're getting that over in the U.K. now. Now we're getting Governor McMaster's office wanting to extend this stupid, and it is stupid, emergency thing. It's unlawful, too. He has no right to infringe upon the people's rights. 
None. Zero. And if the businesses would band together, I've said it before and I'll say it again, if they would band together and just start going back to work, be armed. You're allowed to be armed in South Carolina. Be armed and tell everybody that they can take a hike if they want to tell you to close your business. If you're acting lawfully, you say, well, well, they're acting unlawfully if they go back to work. No, they're not. He has no authority to write law. He is a governor. He enforces law. No law has been written. He's usurping his authority, just like every other governor who does this. Just like the president with his national state of emergency. It is unconstitutional. Well, Tim, it is constitutional. He's the president. He's He can do all of this because I love Trump. and I, You can't talk bad about him. Let me tell you something, folks. You point me to article, section, and clause where he can do that, and we can have a conversation. Otherwise, no, he can't. No, he can't. And this is exactly what our founders warned us of in these situations. And I'm going to get to why this is all going there. They warned us of this very thing that we're faced with right now. And that is, if you, as an individual, are willing to give up your essential liberty, that is, the, the, the authority that you have. See, this is what the word rights mean. When we talk about rights, we're talking about authorities or liberties. We're not talking about freedom. Freedom is a state of mind. You're free. You can be free sitting in a jail cell. But your liberties are what you do. The authority in your life to do them. And you have those things given to you by your creator to do what is right. And that is your duties. See, all of these things have their place. You have a right to do the right thing. And the right thing is what your creator has commanded. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So Governor McMaster is doing this. And we've got a couple of guys standing up, at, you know, at least doing something here. But here's the thing. Um, and let me recognize some of these guys. Jonathan Hill out of Anderson, Stuart Jones of Lawrence, Josiah Magnuson, and Stephen Long, both of Spartanburg. Uh, they were sending a letter out yesterday to ask him to allow licensed beauty professionals to reopen, citing a statewide petition they said has so far received more than 46,000 signatures. Well, guys, I, you know, I love all these guys. They're, they're good representatives. They are. But what you should be doing is saying, um, where's your authority in our Constitution for you to be doing this? And they should be encouraging the people just to open. That's what they should be doing. Not begging the governor to please let them open. Licensed beauty professionals. Well, what about the rest of the people? What about the rest of the people whose essential job depends upon them working? You know, it's a biblical thing. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat, right? Where's that coming from? I don't know, but it didn't come in here. All right. So um, there's one more thing, and then I'm going to get to the topic, because a lot of you who are watching the show... I've probably seen the article that put out yesterday. It's a couple of years old. It was um, uh, done by Claire Burnish uh, over at uh, the Free Thought Project. It was really, really good. I hate that she's gone from over there now, but uh, this was a couple of years ago, reiterating the, the issue of vaccinated and unvaccinated. But before I do that, one of the things I want to do is I want to play a, a short, well, it's, a, it's, just, it's about 10 minutes, um, but it's this nurse from New York City. 
Um, and she's describing how they're just basically murdering patients under the name of COVID-19. This is the same thing. I've got an interview that I've been trying to transcribe and with all the stuff that was going on yesterday and then Sunday and all this other, and I promised this lady I was going to try to get it out. She has a similar situation that happened to her with her mom and her dad in the UK. And I'm going to be having that out for you. I'm going to say this week, hopefully today, depends on how things go. But listen to this nurse who tells you what's going on in New York City hospitals. And then we're going to hit this really fast on the uh, the vaccinated, unvaccinated study that I want to get to today. Here she is. This video go viral. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate messages after this. Frankly, I don't care because this could save someone's life. Um, I'm a nurse practitioner. I am licensed and certified. I am not on the front lines. I have a friend in New York City who's on the front lines. And for her safety, she cannot come out and say these things. So I am her voice. I'm not going to name names of people or hospitals for the safety of those involved. Um, but this is her account, okay? I am her voice here. I'm gonna tell you what she has told me. She wants this to get out. Now, I'm sure this is not the case everywhere. I, I'm confident. I, I have friends that are in other places. They're on the front lines, they're in ICU. And it's not like this everywhere, but in New York City right now, in some of the hospitals, this is what is going on. People are sick, but they don't have to stay sick. They are killing them. They are not helping them. She used the word murder, coming from a nurse who went to New York City expecting to help. Patients are left to rot and die. Her words. She has never seen so much neglect. No one cares. They are cold and they don't care anymore. It's the blind leading the blind. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was on with some nurse friends of mine and we were discussing different medications that could be used to potentially help people. Doctors who were reporting around the country that they were using a combination of medications that were helping people. People were not dying when they were on these medications. They were getting better. Those medications are not being used in hospitals in New York City. What is happening is that they're putting people on nasal cannula. If they require more than six liters of nasal cannula, they get intubated, they go on the vent, or they get trached if there's not enough vents. They don't get high flow, no non-rebreather, no non-invasive ventilation, no CPAP, no BiPAP. They're on a closed system, the ventilator, versus a CPAP or a BiPAP for fear that it will spread the virus. Which by the way, I know a nurse in Florida who was fired for exposing that about CPAP and BiPAP and patients being put on the ventilator, like straight away to the ventilator to be on a closed system. The patients don't know any better. They don't have family with them. There is no one there with them to advocate for them. So they are scared and they give consent. The ventilators have high peep, high pressure, which then causes barotrauma. It causes trauma to the lungs. Dr. Uh, Sidel, Cameron Kyle Sidel, a few weeks ago, put out a video. He's in New York City, and he put out a video saying something is not right, like we're not treating this correctly. We're doing something wrong. This doesn't make sense. They pulled his video from YouTube, and they took him out of ICU because they couldn't have one doctor going against the grain, going against their protocol.
The protocol is propofol or some kind of sedation because they're on the ventilator and IV antibiotics. There's no hydroxychloroquine. They're not using that combination with Zithromax. They're not using zinc, vitamin C, high doses of vitamins A and D. They laugh. This is what she's told me. They laugh at that. She says, this is a nightmare. It's out of a horror movie and I don't want to be a part of this. There are people who are a full code and yet if they crash, they're not doing compressions because it will spread the virus. Full code, not doing compressions. Family is not there. They have no one to answer to. No one is being held accountable. A code was called and no one came. So sometimes they're not even resuscitating people. Again, left to rot and die. They're not given blood because we know that the blood is not oxygenated in these COVID patients. We know that. There, there are doctors all around the world sounding the alarms. These are the drugs that work. This is the pathophysiology of the, de the disease. This is what's happening. And for some reason, it's not changing. Even though we know, some of us know what's going on, nothing is changing on the front lines. They stay in the same PPE, all shift, except for the top pair of gloves. So two pairs of gloves, or I don't know, maybe more than two, but they're only changing the gloves on the outside. Gown, mask, whatever else stays the same because all patients are COVID patients. So if it's a COVID floor, it's all COVID, but it's not because some of them are rule out COVID. So even if they're rule out COVID and they're not COVID, they're gonna get COVID because they're using the same PPE all shift and they're carrying that contamination to all the patients. They're not changing their PPE. They're not going into rooms. So they're running long tubing into the room so that they can manage the tubing from outside of the rooms. So if they're not going into the rooms, that means they're not assessing the patients as frequently as you would be otherwise assessing your patients. They are not doing rapid result tests. You're lucky if you get results in five days. Okay, this is coming from my friend who is in New York City right now on assignment. Who went there to help and this is what she's finding. It's a horror movie, she says. Not because of the disease, but because of the way it's being handled. She said, we need help and people are sitting there waiting in the hotels. Money, I guess, being paid, it's being paid for by FEMA. And yet they're still understaffed. And there are hundreds of people, hundreds of nurses in the hotels waiting to be called onto a shift. So there is manpower enough if the goal were to actually save people but resources are not being utilized properly or to full capacity in a way that maximizes the patient benefit or improves the outcomes. The records and charting are crap. And now some of these hospitals in New York City are probably crappy on a good day. So you add in the fear of COVID and the fear of the whole pandemic and forget it. So you're dealing, if you're in a crappy hospital with crappy nurses, let's face it, all of us nurses have worked with crappy nurses before who don't care. So now you add in this, Forget it. And they're having people do things that they can't do. So maybe things that they're not proficient in. So maybe a nurse who's not familiar or comfortable with using a ventilator. And it's that figure it out mentality. Figure it out. These patients are critical and they're crashing. Figure it out. So nurses are being celebrated as heroes, right? We see how like the fire trucks and, and the police are 
like lining up and practically having these parades and celebrating them as heroes. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure in some parts of the country and other ICUs, I have friends that are working on the front lines in ICU and they are good nurses. And some of them are heroes, but we have nurses being celebrated as heroes who are killing people. They're not heroes. And they're being brainwashed to think they're doing something great just by going to work because they're brave enough to go to work. Well, what are you doing at work? You're certainly not saving people if you're not even, you're not even running codes. Amen, sister. Bring it you're down. You're not even going into patient rooms. You're a coward. You're hurting people. You're killing them. You're contributing to the problem. I know I'm going to get hate mail for this, and that's fine. Because people are dying who don't have to die. Again, there's no family there. So no one's being held accountable. And once these people get intubated, they're being scared into giving consent to be intubated. And then for a lot of them, it's over. And there's nobody going to be held accountable. And there's nobody looking out for them. They are completely by themselves. There's like a total lack of critical thinking. It's out the window. And people are scared to speak up. And one person alone isn't going to change the overall culture of a hospital or a system or a city. Like I said, Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel's video was pulled from YouTube and he was pulled from the ICU for sounding the alarm and going against the grain. So people are sounding the alarm. It's just not changing anything, apparently. So what can you do? Buck the system. I'm really fortunate I don't have any family in New York City that I personally have to worry about. If there are people that you are worried about, or maybe it's not even New York City, maybe you're in another city that's being really hard hit and you're just hearing really bad things coming out of that city, buck the system. Something is wrong in the system. So go against the grain. Request records immediately. Records, transcripts, immediately. If there's a medication that you want your loved one to be given, report it as an at-home medication and demand that it be continued. That's just a tip from inside the system. If you want a medication to be given, you've got to report that it's an at-home medication and that you demand that it be continued. Your loved one is not gonna have you in there advocating for them once they go in. You're not allowed in. The only reports that we're able to get of what's going on are coming from the inside and people are afraid to speak out. People have lost their jobs. Do not give consent for intubation if you don't want to be intubated or your loved one to be intubated. Demand non-invasive or less invasive ventilation methods. Soon as you give that consent, you might not come out of it. Now, in some cases it might be appropriate. We just don't know. We know that it's being used inappropriately in a lot of cases and that the ventilators are making people worse. Please share this video, make it go viral. People need to know this. This is the truth of what's going on from my nurse friend who's in New York City right now on assignment. This is murder, she says. People are being murdered and no one cares. Horrible care. All right, that's uh, the nurse there from New York City. And uh, I mean, what do you what do you do here? This is information. Now, I can verify that in the UK, same thing's happening. I'm going to have that story coming out as soon as I can try to get still enough to, uh, well, I'm still, but uh, unbusy enough to, to transcribe and then put that article together. And I'm going to have that up for you at sonsoflibertymedia.com. I did the interview. It was on Saturday, and uh, just I just haven't had the time um, really to get that put together. And there's a lot of information in it. So I know that what she's saying is happening. Now, here's the part where some people are going to have, are, are going to, you're going to have a little trouble with this. All right. 
Ventilators. Well, who is the one really pushing that? Let me show you. Yeah, it's this guy. President Donald Trump. The king of ventilators is what Politico writes. He wants to send ventilators to Ethiopia. Where does he get authority to do that? Unless it's coming out of his own pocket. Where does he get authority to do that? What about the the million masks or whatever that he is sending to Israel? Where does he get authority to do that? What's going on here? Um, I'll have it up, uh, Joy. When you're asking about that, I'll have it up. Or you can go to SonsLibertyMedia.com. You can find it right now. Just scroll down and you'll, you'll find the video that we just played uh, from the nurse there. Um, Trump is claiming Coloradans are showering him with notes. Thank you, notes, for ventilators. Now, this lady just said they go and put you on the ventilator, and what happens? You're pretty much left to die. But this administration says, no, this is what's needed, ventilators. And if, you, if you're not paying attention, the whole idea behind uh, the, the vaccines, the mandatory vaccines that we've all heard Bill Gates talk about, where you get your little invisible tattoo to show that you've been vaccinated. So if you get stopped, it's kind of like your papers. You got to show your the, the the invisible tattoo. All of that stuff is an agenda that's ahead of us. And this president is acting like he's not going along with the agenda. Some of you out there still think this is about Democrats versus Republicans. Some of you still think this is about right versus left rather than right down the line of the law. Some of you still think Democrats are out to get Trump. I want to ask you something. Who is signing their bills? Donald Trump. Where is he vetoing their bills? Bills that spend your money unconstitutionally to murder unborn babies. Where's that at? Where's that at? It's not there. They're working hand and glove together. This is the guy parading Fauci that you you people don't like. Dr. Burks that you people don't like. You claim that you don't like them. They need to be fired. They need to be dealt with. But you don't call out the guy giving them a platform every day. Why do we need coronavirus task force meetings, you know, conferences every day? Why do we need that? We don't. It is a propaganda against the people. That's what it is. Plain and simple. And see, here's the thing. Those of you supporting this guy, the way you do, if this were the usurper, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka, if it was him, you would see it immediately. Why? Because he's got a D on his jersey. And his team's trying to score the winning touchdown or do the slam dunk on your team. And that's how you see politics as a, a team, a sporting event. Now, I'm going to get to this. I'm just throwing that out there as, as an update. Here's the thing I want to get to for the rest of the hour. Sorry, that was some of the update. That was some of the stuff that comes in. And, and sometimes I just want to I want to put some of that out there for people who haven't seen it or haven't heard it. A lot of people have. Um, so if, it, if this was a regurgitation of something you already had, I apologize. But a lot of people haven't seen it. So I wanted to put it out there for them. This article that came from Claren Burnish over at the Free Thought Project uh, back in 2017, I think it was. And then the, the study was done. Because here's the thing. It's being talked about all over. Even Donald Trump says it. We don't want to go and just start mass, you know, vaccinating children. 
Okay. Now, if you remember, he was an anti-vaxxer before he went into office. And now he's kind of like, yeah, you know, okay. It, 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 these guys will say anything to get your vote. And then they start really showing who they are uh, when they get in office. Right. But one of the things that always comes up about vaccinations is this. If you're vaccinated, what do you have to fear from those who aren't vaccinated? Right? If, if I have an armored tank, what do I have to fear? And I'm inside that tank. What do I have to fear with a guy with a 45? Nothing. Nothing. But that's not how vaccinated people act or people pushing vaccines. They act like, well, you could still give me something. You're a danger to society. Now, you're a danger to yourself by not thinking clearly. And you're a danger to those around you by promoting such things without... This lady talked about having critical thinking, asking questions about what you're being told. This is the problem. So when this study of vaccinated versus unvaccinated kids came out, it was pulled from a journal, and it was basically erased from the Internet. But the Internet always remembers, doesn't it? There's always these, um, uh, the Wayback Machine and things like this, and people screenshot, and people save stuff, and then put it right back up. Many of you are familiar with David Icke the other week in his London Real interview. They were pulling that thing as fast as they could off of every platform they could, and it was going right back up. Millions of views. Same thing happened with this study, except on this topic, so many people have been propagandized by about vaccinations. They're more willing and readily to accept it than to question it. Now, this comes from, again, uh, Claire Bernish over at the Free Thought Project. Here's what she had to say. She said, in recent years, the glaring spotlight of skepticism has been Turn, or turn to the topic of vaccines, bitterly dividing parents and giving doctors of modern medicine conniption fits. But no matter where you stand on vaccinations, the fact, two groundbreaking scientific peer-reviewed studies painting inoculations in not-so-favorable light have vanished from the Internet as cause for concern. And when she means vanish, she doesn't mean you can't find it. It's just it's been removed from prominent places. Originally, the study titled Pilot Comparative Study on the Health of Vaccinated and Unvaccinated 6- to 12-Year-Old U.S. Citizens was published in Open Access Text. Until, that is, Open Access Text removed it, and a second similar study by the same authors from their archives without explanation. In fact, the Free Thought Project at that time attempted to contact Open Access Text on multiple occasions for an explanation on the abrupt decision to pull the studies. But as of the publishing, this was back in 2017, they had yet to receive a response, and I don't think they ever did get a response. I think it was sometime shortly after that to where um, the Free Thought Project was really getting hit with a lot of things, censorship and stuff like that. Lead author Anthony R. Mawson, professor of epidemiology, boy, tongue-tied, and biostatistics at Jackson State University's School of Public Health, establishes that his team takes no issue with vaccinations in their own right, stating in the study's introduction, vaccines are among the greatest achievement of biomedical science. I beg to differ with that. Ah. See our show with Stephen Hallbrook on that and see the, the pagan 
um, roots of vaccines, right? It's not a great achievement at all. A biomedical science and one of the most effective public health interventions of the 20th century. Among U.S. children born between 1995 and 2013, vaccination is estimated to have prevented 320 million illnesses, 21 million hospitalizations, and 732 premature deaths with overall cost savings of $1.38 trillion. Well, wait a minute. How do you estimate what you prevented if the person didn't have something? I'm, I'm a little off on that. How, how do you do that? I don't know how that works. I guess you just make up the numbers as you go. Kind of like what they're doing, you know, over John Hopkins with the COVID stuff. You just make up the numbers as you go. You can do it in New York City, too. You can just add people to the death tolls who don't even have COVID. About 95% of the U.S. children of kindergarten age receive all of the recommended vaccines as a requirement for school and daycare attendance, aimed at preventing the occurrence and spread of targeted infectious diseases. Advances in biotechnology are contributing to the development of new vaccines for widespread use. Now, he did respond to the Free Thought Project's request for a comment concerning the study's um, disappearance. He stated, I am forwarding your inquiry <laughs> to our funding agency for a comment. I am not at liberty to provide details at this moment. Yeah, I don't have a clue as to why they got rid of it, so I'm going to send it to somebody else who won't contact you either. <sighs> okay, so this <clears throat> this doesn't get to why they did anything. Um, but the study stated, under the current recommended pediatric vaccination schedule, U.S. children receive up to 48 doses of vaccines. Now, let me tell you something. If you guys watch the show <clears throat> on either Saturday with Kate, uh, the first Saturday, which was... It'll be a week ago this past Saturday. We played the little comedy skit from Canada where the guy takes the eggs and he has the sick guy spit in it and or he sneezes in it. And um, and then, you know, they dump in some mercury and, you know, all kinds of other junk. And uh, then she made her spoof off of that nurse ratchet, you know, and she had all that stuff that was in there. Um, glyphosate and she put all this stuff in there and they both put them in a blender. Right. So she picked that. She nicked that uh, from from Kane. <laughs> And it was hilarious, but oftentimes the comedy has that element of truth that you know what they're saying. So kids are getting 48 doses of vaccines for 14 diseases from birth to age six. 48 doses of all this stuff that can literally kill you, that you would not drink in your mouth. You certainly wouldn't put that stuff in your mouth and, and swallow it. But you'll let them stick a needle in your arm and they'll tell you, oh, this is for good. This is for your health. People die from the vaccines. They even have a special funding department to pay for those deaths, autism, other developments from those vaccines that people have. And you have to go through a long process of application. We've reported on that before, too, to receive any kind of compensation. But let me tell you something. If you lose your life what kind of compensation do you get? Your family might get something, maybe, but none of the manufacturers of these vaccines are ever held accountable. Why? Because they're protected legally, not lawfully, because lawfully they would be drug out of whatever offices they are. The people who are over these things, if these things kill people, they would be drug out of their offices and they would be held accountable. And I don't mean a jail cell. 
I mean, some of them will be taking dirt naps, which is what they need to do, because they're knowingly putting this out there in the public when they know the studies reveal that there are deaths that result from these things. They know it. And yes, that would be a just law and a just punishment. Read Deuteronomy. Read Leviticus. Okay, so from uh, birth to six years old, 48 doses of vaccines for these children. And then it goes on to say a figure that has steadily increased since the 1950s. They're shooting death into these kids. That's what they're shooting. The whole premise behind vaccines is you put something dead into the body so the body thinks it's sick and it will attack it. This is what this is what they're doing, okay? Most notably, since the Vaccines for Children program was created in 1994, so there's been a steadily increase um, in the number of vaccines. I mean, good grief. To six years old, almost 50 vaccines, maybe more now. The Vaccines for Children program began when, with vaccines targeting nine diseases, diphtheria, tetanus, Tussis, polio, oh my word, <laughs> hemophilus, influenza, type B disease, hepatitis B, measles, mumps, and rubella. And between 1995 and 2013, new vaccines against five other diseases were added for children aged six and under. Varicella, hepatitis A, pneumonical disease, influenza, and rotavirus vaccine. Forgive me if I mutilated any of those words. Claire goes on to say, Mawson and his team of researchers included nine charts and a full 71 references in their comparison of long-term health prospects between vaccinated children attending public schools and their unvaccinated homeschooled peers to determine what result uh, what results from the current scheduling of vaccines that could perhaps be overlooked under the general assumption of vaccine safety. The results were astonishing. Here they are. The assessment of the long-term effects of the vaccination schedule on Morbidity and mortality has been limited. The study stated with paragraphs artificially inserted for clarity in this pilot study of vaccinated and unvaccinated homeschool children, reduced odds of chickenpox and whooping cough were found among the vaccinated as expected, but unexpectedly increased odds were found for many other physician diagnosed conditions. Although the cross section design of the study limits causal interpretation, the strength and consistency of the findings, the apparent dose-response relationship between vaccination status and several forms of chronic illness, and the significant association between vaccination and NDDs or uh, neurodevelopmental disorders all support the possibility that some aspect of the current vaccination program could be contributing to risk of childhood Morbidity. It could be contributing. He goes on, vaccination also remains significantly associated with NDD after controlling for other factors, whereas preterm birth, long considered a major risk factor for NDD, was not associated with NDD after controlling for the interaction between preterm birth and vaccination. In addition, preterm birth coupled with vaccination was associated with an apparent synergistic increase in the odds of NDD above that of vaccination alone. 
Nevertheless, the study findings should be interpreted with caution. <laughs> yeah, it really should. You just told us that vaccines are increasing problems here for kids. First, additional research is needed to replicate the findings in study and studies with larger samples and stronger research designs. Yeah, we didn't get the results we wanted, so we need another study because we got to support the vaccination. Potentially detrimental factors associated with the vaccination schedule should be identified and addressed and underlying mechanisms better understood. Such studies are essential in order to optimize the impact of vaccination of children's health. And the study continued, although short-term immunologic and safety testing is performed on vaccines prior to their approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the long-term effects of individual vaccines and of the vaccination program itself remain unknown. Uh, no, we know what, exactly what they are. We know exactly what they are. They're bad. They're not good. They're bad. Such as neurological complications to e- and even death But such risks are considered so rare that the vaccination program is believed to be safe and effective for virtually all children. Now, he this this study just got through telling you (laughs) there was there was major problems with vaccines. It's relatively safe and effective. Let me ask you something. If if they were to to come to you and say, hey, we want to give you this vaccine. Now, it may kill you on impact, (laughs) basically. It may give you autism. It may, you know, you could go through, I would love to play the Jeff Foxworthy thing where you get the, he goes through all the bad stuff you can get and he goes like uneven tire wear and, you know, whatever, uh, all this stuff, it, <laughs> jock itch, all this stuff. It's just kind of hilarious, but it's making the point. All of the side effects that you could possibly get from sticking that needle in your arm as a healthy person to prevent you from getting something that you might get or might not get. Are you going to take that? It's kind of like, Putting the bullet in one chamber, giving it a spin, and sticking it to your head, isn't it? I mean, it looks like the same thing to me. You're just doing it with a needle. But it's it's relatively safe and effective. I've heard those words before, except it was safe and legal, and that's on abortion. The murder of the unborn, which this administration continues to support with your money, unconstitutionally. In fact, more babies murdered under Planned Parenthood fiscal year 2018-2019 under this administration with more money than they've ever been given on record, even under Barack Hussein Obama. And yet, his supporters keep going after him. He was right. He could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and the supporters would still get behind him. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear. You say, well, you're just picking on Trump. No, I'm just saying... This is the same stuff. He's pushing He's pushing the vaccines, too. He said, we don't want to shoot up all the kids, right, at once. We want little shots. Little shots. We want little shots. And then you can't tell me he doesn't know this stuff, that he doesn't know these things are there. He's the president. He can find them out if he wants to. He just doesn't, either doesn't want to know it or he does. It's one or the other. Let me finish with these because uh, there's a couple of things here and then we'll close out because I want to address something. Some people in the chat room have talked about um, the prayers and uh, prayers against those who are acting wickedly uh, against the people. And I'm going to address that by the end of the show. Okay, so hang on. It's not going to be your, uh, what's his name? 
Rick Warren, uh, God loves you and has a plan for your life kind of touchy feely, warm, fuzzy stuff. It's going to be a biblical, um, admonition for those who are listening. So you'll want to hang on for that. The study goes, uh, according to, um, Claire and her comment, she says, Moss and his team found vaccinated children significantly more likely their unvaccinated counterparts to be prone to allergic rhinitis. I hope rhinitis. I don't know. Hay fever. That's what it means. Other allergies, a learning disability, ADHD, which is a made up thing. I mean, it just is. Even, even the father of it said it was made up. Um, ASD, which is autism spectrum disorder. Any neurodevelopmental disorder and any chronic illness, the vaccinated kids were more likely to get these things than the unvaccinated kids. Did you get that? Oh, but we need another study because we didn't like the results of that. We, we, we got to confirm that. We need a bigger sampling. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Children receiving only one part of the full vaccination schedule had a mixed resultant development of these afflictions. Vaccination was strongly associated with both otitis media and pneumonia, which are among the most common complications of measles infections. The odds of otitis media were almost fourfold higher among the vaccinated. And the odds of mirroring autonomy with tube placement were eightfold higher than those of unvaccinated children. That's pretty, that's pretty incredible, don't you think? And it goes on from there. Let me scroll down here. It says, The second aim of the paper focused on a specific health outcome and sought to determine whether vaccination recommend, remained associated with neurodevelopmental disorders after controlling for other measured factors. After adjustment, the factors that remained significantly associated with NDD were vaccination, non-white race, male gender, and preterm birth. The apparently strong association between both vaccination and preterm birth and NDD suggested the possibility of an interaction between these factors. This was shown in a final adjusted model with interaction controlling for the interaction of preterm birth with vaccination. In this model, vaccination, non-white race, and male gender remained associated with NDD. Whereas preterm birth itself was no longer associated with NDD. However, preterm birth combined with vaccination was associated with a 6.6-fold increased odds of NDD. In summary, vaccination, non-white, and male gender were significantly associated with NDD after controlling for other factors. Preterm birth, although significantly associated with NDD, is unadjusted and Adjusted analysis was no longer associated with NDD in the final um, model with interaction. However, preterm birth and vaccination combined was strongly associated with NDD in the final adjusted model with interaction, more than doubling the odds of NDD compared to vaccination alone. They conclude here with the findings also suggest that vaccination coupled with preterm birth could increase the odds of NDD beyond that of vaccination alone. This is not an anti-vax study. This is a study just to make a comparison. But apparently we need to, to have um, 
you know, we, we needed to do some more here. Now, I believe it's Del Bigtree who's done uh, a movie called Vaxxed. And uh, it's, it's a documentary on vaccinations. And I highly recommend that you take a look at it. It's called Vaxxed, V-A-X-X-E-D. And um, I think it's Del Bigtree who, who's the guy who put that out. You want to check that out. There's one more thing um, that comes from this study. Let me give you this, and then we'll get to the, the, the wrap-up here. A possible contributory role for, vaccine, for vaccines in the rise in NDD, remember this is this neuro um, disorder deal, diagnoses remain unknown because data of the health outcomes of vaccinated and unvaccinated children are lacking. The need for such studies is suggested by the fact that the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program has paid $3.2 billion in compensation for vaccine injury since its creation in 1986. Now, let me, let me say something about that right quick. This is the thing I was talking about, that if you have, if you've got allergies, if you've got some kind of neuro disorder, if you've got any of these things that, that I've read off of here, there is, a, there is something set up because the government has unlawfully protected Big Pharma because of their vaccines, because they know they're bad, and their drugs too. And the government's in on it. The FDA on their own website lists all kinds of drugs that they approve that have killed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans, and they break it down for you and show you. And so they set up this little fund over here that if you want to go and you want to trudge through all the paperwork and push and push and push, you might get some of this compensation. And you've got to understand, this is $3.2 billion. The paper was published back in 2014. The study was, okay? So from 1986 to 2014, $3.2 billion isn't a lot of money. I mean, that's, you know, it's almost 20 years. That's not a lot of money to be paid out in these things, okay? And this isn't everybody who applied for it who were harmed. And it isn't including the people who didn't apply for it either. I just I want to give you so that you see what's going on here. Okay? Meanwhile, Big Pharma is protected. Bill Gates and the World Health Organization and everybody in between who has their hands in these vaccines are protected while you take the risk. Your children, you put them out there to take the risk. Some people would say, well, you anti-vaxxers are child abusers. No, I would say you as a parent who take your kid to get this stuck in them, knowing what's in it, knowing the side effects, the possibilities of things coming out, knowing what these companies have done to people over the years, it just may be that you're the child abuser. Just saying, just saying. Study finishes off with this. I'm going to address this issue on prayer. A study of claims compensated by the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program for vaccine-induced, I don't even want to try to pronounce that word, encephalopathy, anyway, and seizure disorder found 83 claims that were acknowledged as being due to brain damage. In all cases, it was noted by the Court of Federal Claims or indicated in settlement agreements that the children had autism or ASD. On the other hand, numerous epidemiological, wait, I've got to say it really slow. My tongue will get tied real quick. Studies have found no association between receipt of selected vaccines, in particular the combined measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, and autism, 
and there is no accepted mechanism by which vaccines could induce autism. And yet, yet, we have studies that show that that the vaccines are linked to autism. We've got other studies that show that specifically. So they can hide from it all they want to, but we have studies that show that. Now, here's what I want to do. Um, There is some... Well, I've got a new one. Allison uh, says, pray for for divine intervention. Yeah, I'm going to pray for that. (laughs) Um, And I want you to, too. But there's there's something that I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to Scripture here in a second. Uh, Allison mentioned Job 5.12. He thwarts the schemes of the crafty so that their hands find no success. I agree. I agree. Let me add something to that. Psalm 141.10. This ought to be in your prayers, too. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely. Let me add another one. Psalm 35, 8. Let destruction come upon him when he does not know it, and let the net that he hid ensnare him, let him fall into it to his destruction. Got one more for you. Psalm 58, 6. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions. He's not talking about animals. He's talking about his enemies. Let me tell you something, folks. Our war is spiritual. There's no question about it. The Bible is very clear. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to tearing down strongholds. And he's talking about this up here. He's talking about tearing down the strongholds of the mind that bind us and and doesn't allow us to be free and our thinking so that we can be liberated in our actions to do what's right before God. It speaks of that. But let me tell you something. Those spiritual forces manifest themselves in persons. And we should pray for those who are coming against us with this vaccination agenda, whether it's a Bill Gates, a Fauci, a Trump, a Burks, or whoever it is, we should be praying that God go on our behalf and fight against them and do these things that David prayed that God would do. And don't you take that for one minute that I'm calling for violence. I'm calling for God to act on our behalf. We have to do our duty, and that is to stand up and speak the truth and call them to repentance. But we should also be praying that God would fight on our behalf, that he would be our deliverer. But we got to do our duty too, right? We do our duty, we leave the results up to God. And it is not a wrong thing to pray such things. Oh, we should be praying for our leaders. Well, we should. And when they're wicked like this, this is what we should pray, that God should deal with it. You guys, I appreciate your support, all of you guys. Man, wow, a lot of people today. Thank you so much for that. 23 hours, we'll be back with you. Lord willing, Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor, Rotten of the Court Wednesday. See ya.